What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. You know, what skills did I think students needed to do research? And yes. I narrowed it down. I narrowed it down to four things. Okay. And I think this applies to research in any field. It's not just STEM. So mm -hmm. curiosity is the first one. You know, mm -hmm. if you're curious, you're going to ask questions and you're going to want to learn. Um, persistence is the second one. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Just keep trying. Resilience mm -hmm. is the third one. Mm -hmm. And the last one is teamwork and learning how to work with other people and collaborations. That is Dr. Beth Beeson-Abmeyer, who's a teaching professor of biosciences at Rice University in Houston, Texas. Hello, I'm your host, Venkatraman. Dr. Beeson-Abmeyer discovered undergraduate research during the summer after her junior year in college. She subsequently did research in her senior year in genetics. These experiences were instrumental in her decision to go to grad school. Today, Dr. Beeson Abmeyer is leading the undergraduate research effort in the biosciences department. Dr. Beeson Abmeyer joins us on our podcast to talk about undergraduate research at Rice University, Kurt's role, impact of research on undergraduate students, success stories, and finally, advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. So for students, it is the thing I think is most important about it is it gives them the opportunity to do science, to not just learn about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, research is what science is really about. It's not just a bunch of facts. The facts are important, but they come from the research that led to those. So there's, so we kind of have two flavors of our undergraduate research. So the part I am most in charge with is the, is, was work, is working with the undergraduate laboratory program. Mm -hmm. And um, most of our labs in my department have been transformed into course-based undergraduate research experiences. So mm. cures. Mm -hmm. So that's been pretty recent. So and as a result of those, as a result of getting involved with Kerr, you know, we now have uh, essentially mapped our curriculum for the whole department. We've brought in other faculty who were teaching um, courses that were not bringing in, you know, inquiry or research that are now involved. So it's actually really kind of, it kind of spurred a lot of um, growth in our department. And as a department, we have, right now we have about, nine summer research fellowships that we provide for students that helps defray mm -hmm. some of the costs for them to live in Houston. They can also mm -hmm. take, um, take it for credit as well. So they can get a small stipend and then they also can receive credit. Another thing is as they're looking at um, colleges and also filling out applications to look and see what opportunities are available to undergraduates at that institution. So I know mm -hmm. like if you if you click on like Rice's um, in our department, we have a whole page for undergraduates that's just about 
pursuing and, and pursuing research opportunities, right? So to yeah. actually look at those places and see like, hey, you know, if I'm interested in research, am I going to be able to get involved with it? These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Dr. Beeson Admire. So without further ado, here is Dr. Beth Beeson Admire. If you're ready, we can jump right in. Absolutely. I'm ready. Awesome. Cool. So maybe the best place to start is uh, tell us a little bit about your background and then we go from there. Sure. So I did my undergraduate studies at Auburn University in Mm -hmm. Auburn, Alabama, Mm -hmm. and I pursued a Bachelor of Science in Microbiology. Mm -hmm. And the summer after my junior year, I participated in a about a 10 week research program at St. Louis University in the Department of Physiology. And then when I came back for my senior year of undergrad, I did research in my genetics professor's lab for a year. And so those experiences, along with the opportunity I had to serve as a teaching assistant in one of my, in one of my physiology lab courses, were mm-hmm. absolutely pivotal in my decision to go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And then um, what do you, uh, you uh, specialize in uh, in grad school? So I actually pursued my PhD at the University of Alabama in Birmingham in physiology and biophysics. So that was because I fell in love with physiology when I took it as an undergrad class to TA for it. And then because I did research in a lab that was doing molecular biology, my graduate work was actually in kind of molecular biology with a physiological question. So um, you briefly mentioned uh, research while you were doing your undergrad. Uh, So how did that make a difference to you? So it made a difference because one, it, it actually showed me that I enjoyed doing research and I got that opportunity to participate in it. And it also, before that, I really didn't have any idea what graduate school was about. So Mm -hmm. um, in that first summer program, we got to actually talk to some people, talk to graduate students that were at the program there. And so we got kind of an introduction to like what it was about. I also got the opportunity to present my work at the end of the summer to the department. So that was like my first big science presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when I, and then arising out of that, when I came back to um, Auburn after that summer, because I had already decided I was interested in graduate school my genetics professor invited me to do research in her lab for my whole senior year. And then I also Mm -hmm. got the opportunity to present at a a state meeting at the end of the year um, on my research with her. And so then that led to graduate school. And then after graduate school, I went the traditional route and did a research postdoc at Vanderbilt University Mm -hmm. and this time in the department of cardiology. So I'm in a new department. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led to, or that was followed by a teaching postdoc, uh, at Rice. And so I actually came to Rice on a teaching postdoc, so full-time teaching. So that was a big shift because I'd been doing research, but I actually mm-hmm. came to Rice to teach undergraduate lab courses. So, 
uh, even though I was no longer doing direct research, I was still kind of at the bench, so to speak. What do you think is the importance of undergraduate research for students? I mean, uh, obviously it made a huge difference in your own career, but how is it impacting other students? So for students, it is the thing I think is most important about it is it gives them the opportunity to do science, to not just learn about it, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, research is what science is really about. It's not just a bunch of facts. The facts are important, but they come from the research that led to those. And Mm -hmm. um, it teaches, it helps students understand kind of all the uh, facets of inquiry that are important parts of learning, those are are naturally embedded into undergraduate research. So Mm -hmm. learning how to ask questions, um, coming understanding and learning protocols and procedures to basically collect data, analyzing that data, um, putting together kind of does it support your conclusions, you know, what's the story you're telling, and then getting the opportunity to share that information with peers, with colleagues, with other scientists. Those are all really valuable to the students. Um, and so it engages them in disciplinary practices, and then mm-hmm. it also prepares them for their future education and our careers. Tell us a little bit about the role you play within your department uh, vis-a-vis undergraduate research. I mean, I understand you're coordinating or leading the charge. So what does that entail? Okay, so I am um, non-tenured track teaching faculty. So I'm my role is 100% teaching mm-hmm. and um, the main role that I have with undergraduate research in my department is with through our laboratory program. Um, I also mm-hmm. have a colleague who kind of serves as our undergraduate research coordinator for independent research. So for the students who are doing research like in the med center and other labs at Rice, mm-hmm. she's kind of helping facilitate that. Um, yeah. So but we're kind yeah. of, but she's also a non-tenure track as well. So there's, so we kind of have two flavors of our undergraduate research. So the part I am most in charge with is the is was work is working with the undergraduate laboratory program, mm-hmm. and um, most of our labs in my department have been transformed into course-based undergraduate research experiences. So mm. cures. Mm-hmm. So that's been pretty recent. Um, within oh, certainly within a little a little over five years, they've all been transformed so or most all of them have been transformed mm-hmm. and so in the in these courses we're introducing building and reinforcing not only research but science communication skills sure. so with the goal of helping our students become expert thinkers mm-hmm. um, our lab courses unlike some of their independent research experiences are team-based yeah and um, we also have the unique um, situation where our courses are standalone modules. They're not associated with lecture courses. So mm. we basically can pursue open-ended research projects in collaboration with other faculty in our department. So we bring, we bring research within our department into our teaching lab courses, which is really exciting for the students. In order to adapt uh, research within the framework of coursework? I mean, you said that happened about five years ago. Is, is yeah. that acro- across all courses or is it over a subset of courses or how does it? So 
Yes, some of them got um, some of them got completely transformed. Um, yeah. When I came to Rice, there were actually a couple of different lab courses I was teaching that were already set up that were kind of research project based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, t- I tell everyone that I was teaching cures before cures was a word. <laughs> like we didn't we didn't know that that word existed, but that's what right. they were doing. They were right. kind of answering their own questions, coming up with their own projects. Um, I was collaborating with a grad student uh, where she brought some of her research into the into the lab. So they were actually doing they were doing authentic projects. Um, and then that particular grad student, after she finished, she actually stayed at Rice. And then when she transformed our intermediate course, which is our first intermediate lab course that's required for students, she kind of transformed it into more a um, course-based research experience, so an open-ended yeah. authentic research. So she did that. And then my my um, advanced lab that was in like protein purification, it followed a couple of years later. So she mm-hmm. did that in like 15. And then in 17, I, I transformed mine. And then since then, we've developed new courses. And so those all are kind of in that model. So, so yeah, there was a, some of the stuff was already kind of that way, but for other courses, we had to do quite a bit of transformation. Now, is it, is it fair to say that all students um, going through the program do some form of research as a consequence? Absolutely. And that is one of the things that I think makes what we have done with these courses is so valuable because yeah. we do have some students who don't have time to participate in kind of extra, extra, I guess, extracurricular. It could be part of curricular, but it's still like extra time to do yeah. independent research. Um, some of them are some of them are working while going to school. Some of them have family commitments. Some of them just live further away, so it's hard for them to come back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but by ha- and then some of them, some of them do not go into research initially because they don't have the confidence or they don't think that they are, you know, smart enough, know enough to do it. But yeah. then after going through some of our courses, then that actually equips them to do that. So that is a that is something that and, and it would be we have probably for any given class, we have about 100 majors. So yeah. so so getting all of them in research um, is at all at the same time would be really challenging, but by, by bringing these projects into the lab, it actually reaches a lot more students. And we have had students who, because of a project they worked on in one of our cures have then gone on to work in that particular, uh, researcher's lab. So they've joined their lab and then they've pursued independent research with them. And sometimes even honors research with them while Mm -hmm. they're continuing their studies at Rice. So yeah, it's, it's, it kind of works very, um, I think it works very, it collaborates with the independent research course credit that we have. So it's, a, it's another opportunity for students to pursue research. Sure. So, so basically what you're saying is that the cure kind of is like a 101 for undergraduate research. People get their feet wet, understand the process, uh, go through the whole thing um, as part of a coursework. And then depending on, you know, their level of interest and their, um, ability and skill and whatnot, um, they might pursue an independent research. That's sort of uh, correct, what I'm hearing, right? Correct. And then That's... also because the there are several lab courses that are um, required for the major. We don't have a lot of requirements. Um, yeah. If you if you pursue the BS, then 
independent research is a requirement. If you pursue the BA, it is recommended and encouraged. And in yeah. fact, it counts as one of their elective lab courses if they take a semester of independent research, but it's not required. Um, a lot of our students who are in these cures, some of them, especially in the more advanced ones, some of them have been doing independent research for, you know, one, two, three years, but they're still mm -hmm. taking cures because it's require a requirement for the major. And right. the feedback they give us is they're still learning valuable stuff. For some of them, they've never worked on a team because they're just working like one-on-one -on -one with their grad student in their lab. But then they come in our cure and now they're working with a team to solve a problem. And mm -hmm. for some of them, they haven't had a lot of opportunities to write up their work or to present their what present their work to others. And so they get that opportunity in our cure. So it's reinforcing the skills for some of the students. And then it really is helping build and develop them for other students who have not yet had the opportunity or may not have the opportunity to pursue independent research. Now, let me ask you this. Now, um, the Council of Undergraduate Research, they're the folks that connected us. Um, how, how, do they help you in any way? Are they providing you um, guidance or resources or anything else that you feel is important? Yes. Yeah, so actually how I got involved, first got involved with, with um, Kerr was um, Rice applied for the transfer, the Kerr transformation project and yeah. we were selected. So mm -hmm. it was actually um, the two departments at Rice that participated in this project were biosciences and physics and astronomy. And mm. I was on the leadership team for biosciences with that project. So for five years, because of COVID, um, we were working mm. with, we had um, consultants who were at other institutions who actually visited Rice. And then um, also we interacted with them after COVID over Zoom to um, talk about undergraduate research opportunities in our department, to talk about things we could do curricularly to kind of integrate it more, to shape it. So they were a very valuable resource for, for that, as well as the yearly CUR meetings for the Transformations Project, where we got to you know, share what we were doing with other faculty at other institutions, and basically just you know, have a lot of brainstorming about, oh, what sure. can we try next? Or, so and as a result of those, as a result of getting involved with CUR, you know, we now have uh, essentially mapped our curriculum for the whole department. We've brought in other faculty who were teaching um, courses that were not bringing in, you know, inquiry or research that are now involved. So it's actually really kind of, it kind of spurred a lot of um, growth in our department in the research area. Mm -hmm. And then um, obviously, uh, or maybe you don't know this, but Kirk has opportunities for faculty as well as students to present and share their work. Yeah. And then for me, from a professional development standpoint, it is a national organization that, you know, gives me a chance to have a leadership role. And I was just recently elected a counselor for the biology division. So I'm really excited about that. So awesome. that'll give me more opportunities to interact with other people around the country that value undergraduate research. I know that, um, the other natural sciences don't fall under your purview, but is this something that has uh, seeped into their thinking as well, or is this sort of a very biosciences kind of 
area, uh, I mean, uh, exercise. <laughs> so it is very important to my school and um, biosciences is kind of recognized as a leader with undergraduate research in the School of Natural Sciences, um, mm -hmm. partially because we just have so many students who are doing it, yeah. um, right? I mean, currently we have about 300 undergraduates per semester who are participating in ind independent research. That's not counting the over 200 students that are also going through the cures, some of mm -hmm. them who are also doing independent research. Um, and then with our students doing independent research, not all of them are majors. So we yeah. are also getting non-majors involved in independent research as well, which is really good for those who are going sure. to, you know, professional school and stuff. Um, and yes, so our school is actually looking at how, kind of using us as a model, how we yeah. can actually um, make those undergraduate research opportunities, especially early, because earlier we can get them involved the more likely they are to, to stay involved and also to pursue STEM. So we're trying to reach out to students in their first year and not just in biosciences, but also in chemistry and physics and math sure. and kinesiology. So yes, it's actually, um, we've actually got some efforts going on right now to try to expand the, uh, to kind of come up with a research model for our school. So that's what we're working on right now. Students, um, you mentioned uh, when they get involved. Now, is it something that happens early on or um, is it sort of in their upper classes that they do research? I would say for, for probably the most common time frame is maybe start of sophomore year. So we try to get mm -hmm. like to actually get them placed in a lab. Um, some for some it's sooner. I had a student who took my first year lab course in the fall who got involved in independent research in the spring and she's doing it over the summer and then is also going to and then is going to be starting in a new lab in the fall. So she's going to be, you know, so she had her first experience. She's going to actually be transitioning into another lab in the fall. So she got, she got, um, mm -hmm. some students come in with some experience from high school. And so some of them are starting, some of them do get started in their first year. Um, yeah. You know, we, we typically don't advise them in their first semester to jump in because they're just adjusting to college life in general. Right, right. Right, but a lot of them are getting involved in the in spring or certainly summer after their first year. And then we encourage them if they are interested in research to to try to get involved sooner rather than later, because we know that it takes, you know, sometimes it takes a while, especially when you're doing other classes before yeah. you actually start, you know, getting a feel for it. And you actually really start, um, you know, generating a lot of data, you know, getting actually, you know, getting results that are helping to move the science forward. So, um, you know, Doing research, you know, your your last semester of your senior year, that is, we don't, we try to discourage that. So, and by now, by having it as a requirement for the bachelors, yeah, um, the students are, they, they know they need to get started earlier because they need at least three semesters of research. And so most of them are starting and I would say sophomore year is probably the, the typical time frame. Now, any, um, Success stories or stories of, you know, that, that uh, were unexpected or surprising that you can share? 
So I can think of a couple of ones from a while ago, and then one is just really recent. So, um, you know, one from a while ago, uh, had a student reached out to me when he was actually still in high school. Mm -hmm. And we talked on the phone and he was, and he had seen that at that time, Rice had a undergraduate iGEM team. So iGEM is the Internationally Genetically Engineered Machine Project, right? And so Rice had a team that year. And so he wanted to know if he came to Rice, if he could be on that team as a freshman. Mm -hmm. And we said yes. And he came to Rice and he was actually a founding member on that team. That was our Mm -hmm. first iGEM team. And he was on it as a freshman. Mm -hmm. And then um, subsequent to that, after he graduated with a uh, double major in biochemistry, cell biology and bioengineering, he went up to graduate school at um, UC Berkeley and then came to MIT when his PI moved. He was a Mm -hmm. Hertz fellow. He was a researcher with the U.S. Department of Defense. And then now he's actually back in Houston as an assistant research professor of pathology and genomic medicine at Houston Methodist. So he has been, yeah. So, and that's all because he got started, you know, research right early when he first came to Rice. Uh Um, Another student who just graduated last week Um, She came to Rice in the summer of 2019 as a participant in the Rice Emergent Scholars Program, which is a program we have for for students coming into Rice that may not have had um, the same opportunities in high school that that other students have. So she came as part of that program. She joined a research lab at Rice the first semester of her sophomore year, Mm -hmm. and she took one of my labs, was a TA for me in a couple of my courses. So that's how I got to know her. And she's heading to UC Berkeley this fall. And she has a NSF graduate research fellowship to help support her studies there. So that is like super exciting. So she came to Rice with like no research experience. And then now she's got like a NSF graduate fellowship. So that's very exciting. You mentioned that as part of uh, the coursework, they do research. Um, how many, you know, roughly, if you were to guess, how, what fraction of those students do independent research uh, subsequently, or uh, do you have a feel for that? Oh, probably. I don't know the recent numbers because I haven't. We haven't looked at the data. Yet, yeah. but um, prior, our new curriculum that rolled out in 2020 with research as a requirement, um, yeah. prior to that, so before research was even required, we had probably 75 to 80% of our students who were doing research of the majors. Yeah. Um, now, that, now that that is required, we've seen a big shift in the number of um, BSs to BAs. And so I would say most of our majors now are pursuing the BS, which means most of them are going to be doing independent research. So um, outside of the cures. So that's, that's in addition to the research experiences yeah. they get in their courses. So yeah, so it's a, it's a really high percentage of our majors. I would probably guess maybe 90% at least. Like I said, I don't have the exact numbers. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't just looked at this year, but I would say it's probably, I would say it's, it's up there. I would say probably 90%. No, that's that's awesome. That's a huge. I mean, that's I've, our department. That's not 
school. No, no, I understand. I understand. But I, mean, but I know, but like, nope. in the chemistry department, by the time their majors graduate, like, all of them have done, you know, at least some level of independent research. So it's pretty high across, I mean, Rice is pretty high, I think, probably across campus. Um, but I know in our department, it's probably about 90% of the majors. And the nice thing with them is some of them are getting involved much earlier. So, like, freshman, sophomore years. So just put you on the spot. I mean, what's what's happening on the non-STEM areas? Um, is there research on the upswing, or how, how do you do? You have a feel for that, or no? Yeah, I mean, even in the non-STEM areas, there um, there's definitely there are definitely students that are doing research. And I this semester, I was a I joined a um, faculty learning community at Rice that was actually. Yeah a cure learning community and uh-huh. and I would say probably at least half of the members of that learning community were non-STEM and mm. so um, there was there was someone there from business there were people there from psychological sciences we had a, a faculty member from English um, and mm. so they and and basically like they are doing research and they're really interested in and and basically developing either course-based research experiences for their students to kind of get that experience for everyone. And then also think about how they can expand, you know, the, the research in their own department. So um, yeah, it's, I don't know the numbers, but it is, it is not just STEM where students are doing research. They're doing it outside of STEM as well. So what's ahead? Where do you see UG research going, at least in the biosciences area? So for us, we are, we're always looking for, you know, different ways, more ways, you know, creative ways to get more first year students involved in, Mm -hmm. and, and, and not necessarily in, you know, joining a lab right away, but at least a kind of getting a feel for what research is and how they can experience that Um, right now. Yeah, we have a we have a couple of first year lab courses that are actually restricted to first year students where they mm-hmm. get kind of exposed to research. And so right now that's maybe mm, 80 or 50 to 80 students a year coming through that. Which mm-hmm. seeing as we have about 100 majors, that's that's a pretty good significant number. Um and even for students who, you know, don't end up majoring in biosciences, some of them are at least getting that introduction to research and then they're going into like engineering or something like that. So, sure. so think, thinking of ways to, um, you know, expand that. Also, we have a, we have a lot of existing um, collaborations and partnerships with other institutions outside of Rice. So in particularly the Texas Medical Center as well as other things like the Houston Zoo and other kind of um, and other types of uh, projects and institutions in the area. So continuing mm-hmm. to keep those partnerships going, establishing new ones, building new connections, because we could not we could not house all of our students on campus. So we have to have those partners in the community to basically yeah. provide research experiences for our students as well. So to continue to explore and build those relationships is also going to be critical, especially because our enrollment is actually growing over the next few years. So um, we're going to have more students coming in, so we're going to need even more spots for them to participate in research. 
You know, one thing I didn't ask you about was uh, scholarships and grants for research, um, for independent study and things of that kind. Do, does Rice provide that or is that part of the program? So, um, two are pursuing undergraduate research in the summer for credit, Rice waives yeah. tuition. So they can take up to three credit hours in the summer tuition free for research. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that doesn't provide housing and, and stuff, but it at least covers tuition. Sure. Um, we, as a department, we have, right now, we have about nine summer research fellowships that we provide for students that helps defray mm -hmm. some of the costs for them to live in Houston. They can also mm -hmm. take, um, take it for credit as well. So they can get a small stipend and then they also can receive credit. Right now, yeah. those are restricted to faculty in our department. So if a student's performing research with someone, you know, in the med center, they wouldn't be eligible for one of those fellowships. Got some it. of our Got students it. get paid. So some of the ones working in the med center will, over the summer, will get paid. Mm -hmm. um, and then our Office of Undergraduate Research and Inquiry has... Um, kind of fellowships to help support students during the summer, as well as to help them attend conferences where they can present their work. So, um, and, and some of the stuff we're trying to come up with when we're looking at this, not just in our department, but across the whole school is mm -hmm. what are other um, funding opportunities we can have to basically help support students, not only students, but help support the faculty whose labs they are working in. So to help cover like the costs of, you know, supplies and reagents for that student sure. to do research in their lab. So, so there's some existing opportunities, but not as many as we would like to have. So we're working on that. We want more. Of course. So Beth, we're going to start winding down. Um, I was um, wondering if you could provide some advice for high schoolers um, as they look at college and how they should think about research? Sure. So one thing I would say is encourage them to seek out research opportunities while they're still in high school. Even mm -hmm. if it's not, even if it's, it doesn't have to be like an extensive, they have to go spend a whole summer away, right? Even if it's just, you know, they participate in a workshop at a local institution or, in a, or at a medical center or at a museum or at the zoo or something, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, or, mm -hmm. or they just reach out to some faculty in their area and just say, hey, you know, could I come, you know, meet with your lab group or could I come like, you know, see, like, could I learn how to, like, just, so just to kind of get exposed to research. Right. Um, another thing is as they're looking at um, colleges and also filling out applications, to look and see what opportunities are available to undergraduates at that institution. So I know mm -hmm. like if you, if you click on like Rice's, um, in our department, we have a whole page for undergraduates that's just about pursuing, and, and pursuing research opportunities, right? So to yeah. actually look at those places and see like, hey, you know, if I'm interested in research, am I going to be able to get involved with it and when? Because at some institutions, unfortunately, because of infrastructure and expense and costs, right? Then yeah. those opportunities don't come until they're like juniors or seniors, right? So, yeah. but that's something to consider. And then um, when they get to college, wherever they end up going, yeah. um, I would encourage them to pursue studies in an area that they're passionate about. Yeah. And, you know, and, and to try to find research in that area because some of our students find out that 
you know, they really like a subject. They really want to learn about that subject. But then when they participate in research, they're like, oh, research isn't really for me. And I tell those students that that is just as important as figuring out this is what you want to do because, you know, you've at least had that experience. You've been exposed to it. And now, you know, like, okay, this isn't really what I want to, you know, focus my sure. career on, but at least I've experienced. Um, another thing I would encourage them is if they, not to give up after just one research experience, because their first one may not be, you know, what they thought it would be, because it might not be a good fit for either the area or the particular lab group they're working with. And so they may not have, you know, as, as rewarding of an experience as they were hoping for. So I would mm -hmm. tell them, don't give up, you know, don't give up after just one try to like, you know, go find another lab, go find another area, you know, keep pursuing it. So try some, try something different. And, you know, that's all about being a lifelong learner. And that's, um, you know, what you can do. The research is a, is a good, I think, medium to kind of help you um, do that because it actually promotes you to gain those skills and those types of um, critical thinking that you would want to have for whatever field you're in, even if it's not science in the end. Absolutely. So Beth, um, thank you so much for taking the time. I think you've provided us uh, great insight and some uh, wonderful stories around how to do research and you know how Rice is involved in this and how you are making things happen at the biosciences department. So I'm sure we want to talk more in the future, but for right now, take care, be safe. Thank you so much. Can I end with one more thing? Absolutely. Go for okay. it. Okay. If you, because you asked me this on the outline, you said, you know, what skills did I think students needed to do research? And yes. I narrowed it down. I narrowed it down to four things. Okay. And I think this applies to research in any field. It's not just STEM. So mm -hmm. curiosity is the first one. You know, mm -hmm. if you're curious, you're going to ask questions and you're going to want to learn. Um, persistence is the second one. Don't give mm -hmm. up. Just keep trying. Resilience mm -hmm. is the third one. Mm -hmm. And the last one is teamwork and learning how to work with other people and collaboration. So those are those are kind of the skills I narrowed it down to, like, regardless of your field. If you have these these skills and these you know factors that are driving you, then you're going to be successful. Now, are these things that students would learn or do you think they are sort of born with these things? I'm guessing you learn these things yeah, as you go I, along. I think you, I think it's both. I think yeah. it's both. So I think you, you know, the, the curiosity is something that you might, you know, you have a little bit of it because that's why you're like, oh, I wonder what this well, is yeah, like, right? But then if it's something you're really interested in, it's just going to keep growing, right? Um you know, I absolutely believe that um, in the growth mindset that these things can be developed and that they can, you know, that you can acquire them. This isn't something you're either born with or not. Sure. And, you know, but and, and different degrees. Everyone has different degrees of these and they get different levels of it, um, you know, depending on what their area is. But, yeah, I think absolutely these are things that um, while they're needed, they are things that you can actually learn as you go. And in fact, the more you do, the stronger these skills get. Absolutely. And then, and then confidence and self-efficacy, you know, the ability to embrace failure and actually learn from it. Yeah. All these things actually come out of, out of these different, these skills. I absolutely, absolutely. I mean, resilience being one of them, persistence. Yeah. Um, fantastic. No, thanks for bringing that up. I 
think that this has uh, been a wonderful conversation. Thank you again. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. So take care. Be safe. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. It was, a, it was my pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Dr. Beth Beeson-Admire about undergraduate research in the biosciences department at Rice University. Specifically, Dr. Beeson-Admire covered how research impacted her, the role of undergraduate research, cure, course-based undergraduate research experiences, student success stories, and finally, advice to high schoolers. I hope you pursue research during your undergraduate years and explore Rice University for your undergraduate studies. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, Subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Matters. matters.